0: Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we are in part three in our conversation on Project 614. We hope you enjoy. Isaiah 61.4, they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Obviously, there's this picture of the people of Israel um, wanting to to go back to the promised land and be restored, um, ultimately, do the original promise of Abraham. So there's that context, but when we look at it, we yeah. see, okay, that's great. That biblical context is great, but we also want to want to kind of live in light with the heart of that of that reality, and uh, to be able to see guys that maybe were homeless become homeowners. And so, if mm-hmm. all that sounded like a lot of information, maybe I could I could summarize it by saying, you know, for anyone interested in six one four, there's two there's two main. Um, avenues, right? There's, there's, right. The sober living housing for a post refuge. That man, I somebody who's like, man, okay, I, I'm, I made it through the refuge, but I, but I want to stay in com- deep community and I want to have some uh, some of uh, the the guardrails to keep me on track for a while. Um, yay, six one four could be for you, right? You're living in community with other people that are that are in the same situation as you are. Secondly it could be a home ownership opportunity. We see those building up the ancient ruins is like man, what if there's a bunch of alumni that literally own we just buy up the west side and like yeah. Yeah. become a bastion of hope and, and and joy and grace to our neighbors. And that's one way to do it as well. So um, mm-hmm. probably that's probably going to be fewer people, but that that you know um, we've noticed a lot more people obviously the sober living situation is is more for them you know they they want to live in that for a season and then and then transition to something else but for some people the the home ownership piece might be very appealing and um, that's definitely an option and we've made it very uh financially
1: uh feasible for for uh, people as much as possible so it's really yeah, and I, it's it's actually something that's happening. There's three guys right now who I'm having conversations with who want to be homeowners, and we're at different stages of of those conversations. It it is a long process on purpose. Like it's not like, oh, I get out of the refuge exactly 12 months later, I can buy a house. Like that that's not how this works. Sometimes it could. Um, we're constantly so like you're right. Five years ago, there was just one Project 614 house. Now there are four uh, that we own. And then we have, uh, other alumni who own homes, uh, that we do not own that rent out to our guys using the same kind of like social covenants where it's similar or similar, uh, rental amount every month. Um, there's drug tests, house meetings, those type of things. So there's a lot of guys that are living in these different, uh, I guess, different places under the same set of, uh, guardrails, to help create this community, uh, in the West side. So it is actually happening it's, right now. It's, it's more than just a good idea. It's actually happening.
0: Yeah. Which is amazing. Talk a little bit more about the social covenant. What do you, what do you mean by that? What does that look like? Uh, why, why did we do it? Just, yeah. Riff on that a little bit.
1: Sure. So our, our social covenants, it's an understanding, um, where it's not a normal lease. so it's, it is a that is a drug and alcohol free lifestyle, uh, and that was something that we we kind of went back and forth on, um, but that actually we are making those guidelines very very clear. So that means if you want to live in Project Six One Four, if it doesn't mean you can go you know use drugs on the weekend, come back or go to a bar, have a beer, come back, it's fine. But this is drug and alcohol free lifestyle. So if there is something um, where we notice like hey somebody's We feel like someone's isolating Um, the social covenant kind of puts in, in rules and expectations of guys where there are random drug tests. And if someone fails a drug, test, we have, we have conversations and come up with an action plan in order for, because we want guys to be a part of this. Um, And we know that they're like, people are not perfect, but we do expect um, guys to continually change and hold each other accountable. So it's not a, this is not like a safety uh, or like a, it's not like the refuge light. It's not a little bit easier to live there. It, it's still, it's, it's a challenge and it should be a challenge to live there. And that's what the social covenants do. There's, um, rules as to who can come over. There's, uh, an expectation that there's a house meeting once a month. Um, there's, there's expectations that you are a, um, we stress and like, and, and I guess, encourage guys to be an active member in their church and if they're not we have conversations so if if you want to be in project 614 and hide i would not it's not for you if you want to hide you're gonna to have to hide somewhere else because project 614 we we see each other as constantly growing and changing and if someone isn't growing and changing we're going to have conversations so that's kind of what the yeah. the social covenant highlights And that's the point of it. I mean,
0: Mm -hmm. it's not just to have rules to have rules, but we want to, we want to create a safe environment, right? Where, where guys that want to stay on this, the same kind of trajectory that they begin at the refuge can do that. And so it's definitely not for everybody, but for Mm -hmm. people that want to continue on that journey and want, want to stay involved in the West side and want to be in community. This is a great opportunity for you. Um, and, and we, and I would encourage you towards it because, you know, the, the whole, if you've lived your life in addiction for an extended period of time, you know, and at least this is a part of my worldview, you know, if you've been, if you've been making bad choices for a long time, it's going to take a long time to, to reorient your life. It just is like, mm-hmm. it not doesn't happen overnight. And chances are, you know, even though the refuge is 13 month program, chances are you're still going to need pretty pretty consistent stable uh a stable setting when you're out of the refuge in order to maintain a healthy lifestyle i I don't at all say that i mean push back on me if you want to i don't say that at all to sound like like parental or rigid but but i do want to encourage guys listening
1: that like i mean i need
0: i need boundaries like i need
1: yeah rules. That's when you know you're mature is is if you ask for and accept them. Uh, a mature person is not someone who's who's like, no one can tell me what to do. I'm my own man. Um, and I push back at every time there's someone who puts a limit or, or, or a boundary on me. A mature person understands that I need boundaries because if I'm just running wild all the time, it doesn't end well. I mean, if anybody who feels like I can think of, if you can think back on a time in your life where you didn't listen to anybody i'm sure it wasn't going well for you so the more uh, i guess structure we can put around ourselves within relationships that's how we that's how we create the environment for healthy growth yeah. for healthy change is with those boundaries so these rules like even like guys within the refuge the rules are not in place to control people the rules are in place so that we so that you can walk through life knowing like i can practice self-control i can choose to do this or not yeah. like that's why it that's why the refuge is no is non-smoking does smoke is, is smoking um something that's you know like financially it's stupid it's not going to help you and, with your physical health um but it's completely legal outside of the refuge so this is an opportunity for you to say no to something that you don't actually need but you could say yes to it later but it's it's you're just practicing this understanding that like i need these type of boundaries i need people around me that help me with these boundaries
0: yeah yeah impulse control like i have an impulse um unfortunately people i mean th- th- there's been a lot of research on this right like one of the big yeah. things that we identify in people in active addiction is Impulse control is what's talked about a lot because what happens is yeah. um, someone who's in active addiction has a real difficulty. Like where, like let me say this: a healthier person, because we all have issues, but a healthier person, when they have an impulse, they have an urge, they have a strong desire. A healthy person will pause. Even if it's briefly and reflect on, is this something I actually want to do? Is this actually something I want to say? Is this actually something I want to engage on? And, they, and then they make a choice to do it or not to do it. Someone who's who's really struggling or who's in active addiction has an impulse and just and just does it. They just do it. Yeah.
1: The difference between response and react. So, it's giving space between when I feel the urge or desire or impulse to the point of decision. So a person who responds still has that impulse, still has that urge, but they're giving space before the decision. Someone who's impulsive feels the impulse does it, doesn't pause, give space before they make the decision to act or not. So that's, that's what we're talking about.
0: And so somebody listening might be like, how do we get here? Well, I think to make it full circle, why, why I'm bringing that up is that I mentioned needing a long path, right? And recovery is a long path. And you might be sober now and have a clear head and be like, man, I'm good. I'm fixed. Well, the reality is if you're in the refuge, especially a lot of decisions are made for you, right? It's not necessarily a result that your impulse control is like really heightened now, not necessarily, not trying to discourage you. It's awesome that you're feeling better. But the reality is, is that the more choices that you have, which, which you'll have more choices, the farther along you go in the refuge to the point when you launch and now you make all your choices, One of the practical hopes that we can help you with is that by continually making good choices and building better habits, that your impulse control heightens and grows so that by the time you do launch, you are making better choices. The reality is a lot of you are going to benefit greatly by living in some sort of high accountability community, which is what Project 614 is. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. Tomorrow will be our fourth and final episode in our conversation on Project 614. We'll see you then.